Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blogs podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Centre for Healing here, joined by Nick Goodfang Sutherland. Thank you very much. Bang with um, How are you doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm great. We're just sitting here shooting the, shooting the shit, shooting the we breeze. We were talking for about 20 minutes and we hadn't pressed yeah. record yet. And we it's thought just we'd just about mid life conversation. And catching and up and, you know, just, just catching up and talking about things. And then it okay. just started working It started on golf. Way. As it mm. normally does, and then it's oh, weaved its way into many other realms. It has, and I just thought, well, there may be some interest in, in what we're talking about. People may resonate with it, or and if not, be thinking turn it about off. the same thing. Yeah, just fuck yeah, turn it off. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing, and I thought, I better not say that. <laughs> just get aggressive and alienate our audience. <laughs> All the Finnish people are turning off as we speak. Apparently they're the happiest. Fuck me, fuck you. Yeah, that's a little bit more Chinese than Finnish. How do Finnish people speak? I don't know. Do they finish their sentences? Oh no, I knew that was coming. Oh no, this isn't what we were talking about at all when you said press report. It was really good. So we're talking about inheritances and Eastern culture. There's a they look after their parents. So the parents come and live with the the kids. Um, and the, it's a it's a it's an honor to look after your parents. Um, Western culture, it's more focused on what can I leave the kids and to hell with the parents sort of thing to stick them in a home. Um, and then we start talking about yeah, that's right, inheritance and. <clears throat> being left something by parents who pass away versus, you know, rich parents just buying something for their kids. And you were saying you're getting Tommy sort of sorted and looked after. But where's that? I I always think we need resistance. I had a dream the other night about winning the $200 million in the, the Powerball or whatever, the lotto sort of thing. And it was a really disturbing dream. Because it was just, it was, and I spoke to Emma about it. I'm like, it was, it made life so much difficult, so much more difficult. It was, it was great power comes great responsibility. I've got two hundred million dollars. What do you do with that? How do you, do you just wave a magic wand and make everyone's life easy and and stress free? And and I was just like, no, that would be doing them a disservice. But then. You've got this two hundred million, and they've got these expectations. Or this, well, why isn't Nick looking after us? You know, and and then you start, you start you, getting phone calls from friends you haven't heard from in a while. It's like, oh, Nick, we've got to catch up, mate. And then you get, and then even if it's genuine, I know this is what I do. Even if it was fully genuine, they haven't even known that I won the two hundred million. I'd be like, oh, this can't want. This two hundred million. So it's a weird energy, isn't it? Yeah. So what, what do you what do you do? Like it's and. And I was just like, oh, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't. I'd rather not have that circumstance happen. Like it's, you know, I mean, even it's a with the good problem to have. Well, is it? And this is the thing: everyone has problems. Yeah. So rich people have rich people problems. Poor people have poor people problems. Single people have single people problems. Parents have parenting problems. I've got ninety-nine like problems, and you ain't one of them. Um, so yeah. no, we were talking you, about it because we, like, 
What do you do? You yeah, guys yeah. are roll along. You guys are roll along nicely. You've got one child. Tommy is an absolute gun. He's going to get to an age, and he's going to he's going to you know without asking for it, without without wanting it, he's just going to have this thing dumped in his lap at some stage. Yeah, look, it's really weird. Like before we press record. I was talking about I've got this part where I kind of don't like I don't want any help from anyone and Melissa's a little bit the same where it's like we'll, we'll fucking we don't want help from us anyone us, us versus the world not, not us versus the world yeah and I've been I've been in that energy before but it's like just let me do this on my own two feet and it's like you know it, it, and it's not it healthy depends. it's healthy in one way but it's not healthy in another way because like you know, if someone comes along and there's a great opportunity and someone offered a bunch of money, I'd be like, you know, nah, because if I achieve my goals, it's not going to be completely fulfilling because I had too much help. But we're always getting help, aren't we? We're always getting help from everywhere. So it's a bit silly. But anyway. Well, we're, all, we're all interdependent. And you're talking about uh, being more biased to independent. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But then anyway, then I, I was laughing because... You know, it's like, you know, we've set up this I trust with Tommy's pretty much sorted. He doesn't he's never had to want for anything and he probably never will have to want for anything. But that that kind of annoys me as well. So my main challenge, which is a great challenge to have, is how do you not raise a child who's entitled, who becomes every child's entitled? How do I not raise a child that becomes an entitled adult? And it's putting that the I think the correct resistance in place so that things don't come easily and that they have to go through um many challenges one of my things is i think it's really sad if someone's kids have to go through the same challenge as the parents because the parents haven't dealt with it and overcome it so i always tell this to clients it's like you don't want your kids not to have problems you want them to have different set of problems than you've got because you've hopefully worked through it and overcome them and so it's a weird it's a weird place to be um i think we do a pretty good job uh, of it so far, but it's going to rear its head more as he gets older into like, I guess, teenage years and then beyond. What about with Tommy? If you go, all right, when you turn 40, you're going to get 5 million bucks. So it's in a, it's in a fund or something. It's just going to appreciate or whatever it does. Uh, and, and, but when you're 18, you're going to get $100,000. Right. I would if never you, do that. No, just wait. Oh, I'm playing along. I'm playing along. All right, all right, okay. Thank you, Jesus. All right, and so if you if you can turn this hundred million dollars into five million dollars when you get to forty, hundred thousand, hundred million into five million. That's sorry. not a great job. <laughs> Anyone can do that. That's real easy. <laughs> Anyone can do that. <laughs> Old Smacky Steve up the road could do that in the blink of an eye. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're old, mate. Yeah. Your old, prison, your, old, your old cellmate. Um, <laughs> so turn that hundred thousand into five mil, and you get the other five mil. So he's going to learn how to go. But there's a kicker when he when he gets to forty and he gets to five mil, he has to give that five million away. I, I, that's uh, it's a good scenario. I I, I like <laughs> it in principle, but I I. I I'm at this point. I, I would want to give you money if you want to start a business. You know, education, obviously, having experiences there. But I think, yeah, I think I, I like the idea of of giving money to create something in the world. You know, that can that can have a bit of an impact, at least on a community level. 
Yeah, and I think it's about helping your kids to stand on their own two feet. And and here here's a hundred grand to start a business, but you got to pay me back with interest. And and Em and I, you know, I'm not a parent, so I don't have that energy within me at the moment. Um, and uh, so I don't know if it's a male female thing or or what it is, but. Um, I think M would probably just go, just give him the hundred grand. What do you mean to have to pay interest back? That's so mean. That's a, I think they'd have a different philosophy. It's, it's, it's a difficult because there's this innate, and it's in definitely in both parents, and it's maybe more because of that nurturing side of the female. But it's like if I see any type of suffering or discomfort in my child, I want that to end. It's like mm. the worst thing in the world, and mm. but there's degrees of discomfort. You know, there's there's probably Health, well, there's healthy stress and unhealthy exactly. stress. Exactly, and so d- distinguishing or discerning between those two, I think that's that's the crux of it, isn't it? So that's the role of a, a good parent is to be able to observe and yeah, discern when a child is in healthy stress and and regulate themselves to not be activated into saving the day and it's just because uh, uh, so much of what we say is is non-verbal so essentially if your kid's struggling it's like when they're trying to stand literally in toddlers and they're trying to stand and walk it's like i trust you to do this i'm not going to intervene here i trust that you're going to figure this out and i trust that you're going to be better for having you know had that struggle essentially so it's, I think that theme needs to carry on through life and it's that find that balance between, oh, okay, this is healthy stress. I, I'm not going to interfere or, or get involved here. As soon as it turns into unhealthy stress, that's where I'm going to go and, and look after my little fledgling thing. Yeah, and it can happen in, in so many realms. One thing I try and do is if ever there's a, uh, a problem, so it's like, oh, Dad, need help me with this then I'll always say, okay, how are we going to solve this problem? Like, let's do it together. Mm. And ideally, mm. and it, because one of the things I noticed early on was especially when he was, you know, not real confident on his feet and we'd be at a playground, he'd be like jumping from rock to rock. And in my head, I'm like, this cunt's going to fucking smash his head on a rock and, you know, brain damage for the rest of his life. That's the anxiety of a parent. Talking. <laughs> and so yeah, there's part of me that wants to go over there and just pick him up or help him hold his hand across the rocks. And then I have to sit there and go, Mate, he's uh, without him. If he falls off, he falls off, you know, and that's how he's going to learn. That's how he's going to gain confidence in himself. And, you know, you have to watch them do that. It's like a social situation. If there's an issue socially, oh, dad, you know, these boys are saying this to me. And then I charge in there and, you know, threaten these young kids and try and solve the issue myself. That doesn't build any type of resilience in him of going back and tackling that problem. And it's hard because you have to discern. Like I said, it's so strong wanting their suffering to end because they're like, like they're, it feels like, you know, their their health, their happiness, all of this kind of stuff is just way more important than your own. And mm. so you, there's part mm. of you that wants to jump in, but then part of you that also says, hey, this, they need to learn lessons themselves. And I, I think I'm, I'm reasonable at that, you know, because I know that Melissa has that really nurturing side and wants to help them and everything. So I think in the relationship dynamic, you have to try and balance each other out a little bit as well. Because, you know, Martini, one of my favorite teachers, says optimal growth happens at the border of support and challenge. And it's like we need equal amounts of support and challenge to grow, and that's in nature. You know, plants and everything, that's how they grow most optimally. And so too much support, then uh, we become dependent. 
mm-hmm. and, and too much challenge and we have to come precociously independent far too much. Well, either way, too much support is going to retard growth and too much stress is going to retard growth as well. So it's finding yeah. that, that optimal sweet spot. And um, you know, I'm just really trying to learn uh, and you know, we're experiential learners and unfortunately I'm never, I'm never going to have that experience of, of feeling like that I am a parent and have all those chemicals and everything. So I'm, I'm doing my best to try and learn without the the visceral experience of it um because it's important but with them she's been the, the kid's primary care giver you know raised them you know, primarily on her own and has done a, a stand-up job of it that they're amazing kids but um it's interesting because she sees them struggle and wants to intervene but i see her struggle with them struggle and i want to intervene with her and I'm trying to, you know, just be hand more hands off and just let her be in her mothering nature and not try and tell her how to parent because who am I to, to come in and tell this woman who's done an amazing job what she should be doing. But because I'm objective and, you know, four years fresh on the scene, I do have some objectivity as well. I do see things a little bit differently and, you know, the, the, there's a lot, and it's just figuring out. Like we've got you know, Ava coming back um, from Canada later in the year, and she'll be living with us. And uh, last night, and we're talking about. It, I'm like, okay, so she needs a car, and Em goes, well, we'll we'll give her some money for a car. And I'm like, hang on, but she sold a car to go. And no, it's not about that. It's all right. Okay, yep, yeah, let's let's give her some money to put towards a car. And I said, oh, and I guess she'll be living with us. And I was like, yeah, I said, do we charge her rent then if she's trying to save to go traveling? And it's just this figuring it out as you go to just to find that sweet spot. We don't want to just her to come back and have absolutely no stress or, or you know, but we don't, we want her to come back feeling supported too. So, so you're trying to discern that right now as that's happening. And Isaac's just come back and, and he's trying to find, um, a rental for the first time. He's got no rental history, which which is all that they want for you to be able to have a rental. So Em's like, well, I'm going to have to be on the application. So she's spending hours and hours and hours filling out all these rental things that he's going to go and then look for. And I'm like, but he is he learning how to do it? Even if even if he can't wouldn't be successful in getting the application. I don't think it's about that. I think it's important for him to go through the application process at least just to learn the process. And she's like, oh, no, but it's just easier if I do it. I'm like, ah, there's the mm. there's the problem. If it's just easier, then that's where she tends to take over. I'm like, oh, we've got to stand back and let him struggle a bit. I can't get out of my head that you said because I'm fresh on the scene. I just imagined you when you first got together, you walked in and Em's introducing you to the kids. Yo, yo, I'm Nick. I'm fresh on the scene. And they're like, whoa, it's a, it's a cool dude here. Yeah, I had my hat on fresh back prince, Fresh yeah. Prince of McKay. <laughs> had your hat on backwards? Not anymore, though. You've yeah. grown up. You've matured. And the uh, immature uh, children have their hat backwards when they're Four 39. years fresh on the scene. So... Yeah, I think it's just it's so interesting, and it's it's a con it's constantly you know we refer to it as doing the work. That's 
you've got to constantly keep turning up and being present for yourself and being mindful of those tendencies and when you're getting activated and when you want to run over and do it all for them and you then you you've got to intervene with yourself and and practice restraint practice discipline practice cultivate patience um and so you're working your ass off over there while they're off there struggling so you everyone's struggling to some degree i'm struggling to not take over and they're struggling to figure things out but but that's healthy that's that's really important yeah yeah it's um yeah, making me think of a lot of people I've spoken, like family members of people in addiction and everything as well, that, you know, enabling piece that people know. It's like sometimes too much support isn't the best. But then the mm. other side of that isn't the best. And it's just, it's such a hard, you know, thing. that you, We'll never fully get it right. You know, we'll be in this place, but we'll probably offer too much support. And then ideally we try and rebalance, then we might dip the other way. And we're, we're always trying to find that. And it's hard. And I think it's an internal thing as well. It's like, how much are we supporting and challenging ourselves or, you know, the listeners who are, who are on now who have stayed with us, despite me saying, fuck you at the start. Congrats on that. Um, how much support and challenges in your life? You know, I know as I've learned this stuff the last, you know, however many years, I'll know that I might be ready to take on a new project or a new challenge when I feel like the support is maybe a, a little bit high and the scales are kind of like this. Whereas if I was already experiencing too much, this is what I do in the past, too much challenge in my life, like too much stress and things going on there. So let me take on two more projects. Then I'll get even more out of balance than I already am and most likely burn out. So it's important to know that we've got these scales internally happening all the time. I was feeling that last year. And as I said to you, last episode when... At the end of the year, I really reassessed things and recalibrated, and I'm I'm learning to to leave things as they are because I I you know running MindFit it is just me I am just one person and you know when I, when I said I go fast very slowly I've got so I'm, my mind is so creative and it comes up with all these things and I can't keep pace with with all of that because it's just me if I had uh, and I look at your business and what you've created and, and, and the success that you're having in terms of, of growing and developing and whatnot, and, and you've got people in place there and, and you've, you're all sort of in the one vehicle going towards the same destination. And, and I continually reconcile that I don't have that. I've just, it's just, and so I've got to keep coming back to being content with what I'm doing and I am enough and what I'm doing is enough and what I'm creating is enough and, and it'll grow naturally and it'll evolve and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, just a constant, that's, a, that's my practice. You know, it's every like, day. like you said earlier, just a different set of problems. You know, I remember back when it was just me and Mal and we were doing stuff and I'm like, oh, I wish we had, you know, people that could do A, B and C and then, you get people on, then you literally are freaking out that they're going to fuck something up or say the wrong thing to a client. I'm like, we're working in the mental health space. And then it happens every now and then you're like, I knew it. I knew this is obvious. Fuck everything. Fire everyone. You know, it's like, it's a different set of problems. And then, you know, people need time off and you know, paying super and there's all this different stuff going on. And, yeah, different set of problems. Uh, I've got I've got a great problem at the moment. I've got all these these clients who have just gone and started wanting to come on board and be mindfit practitioners. But uh, but I've got Dan, and Dan's just about to have a you know, his his partner's about to have a baby, and, and I'm like, well, 
and then I'm about to go back to Vic. So I scaled down to two two days a week with clients. So the rest of the time I could be doing property stuff. But going back, I'm going to need to vamp back up to five days or maybe four. We'll play golf on a Friday. Um, and <laughs> yeah, screw you, MindFit clients. Let us play golf yeah. at least one day during the week. So it's balance. It's all about balance. Okay. Um, and and then you know dancing. You know, so I'm sitting here going right. There's this opportunity for, but but I feel that weight of responsibility. How how can I get enough clients to to fill their days and and more dance days and then more practitioners and and I'm noticing I'm I'm not wanting that responsibility i'm going no i'll just you can run your own business i'll train you up as a mindfit practitioner or you can use a mindfit methodology or whatever but I, I i i can't i'm just one person i've got responsibilities with them and the kids and my family and everything I, I i'm feeling i don't want to be responsible for, for four or five other people's families as well and I think what you've described there is so important for people to hear is that there's always more options than we think there is. You know, there's always like, mm. you might think, well, okay, well, I'm meant to bring practitioners on and then I have to get them clients because that's seems like the logical steps that happen in a process like that. But we can normally always just step back and go, no, no, that's not actually what I want for my situation. Like someone might go, well, I want to just want to start a business, you know, I want to, I'm sick of having a boss and blah, blah, blah. And they think they have to then go all in. They have to take out a loan. They have to invest X amount of money and they've got to grow it in steps. It's like, maybe not. Like maybe you should, maybe you should get a franchise, which is something in between. And maybe you should have a side hustle that you do just after work and maybe do one day a week and transition from there. Or maybe it's something completely different, but there's always many more options than we think there is. In, in not just like work life, but that could be personal life, in social life, in, in anything. Well, it's, it's the, the, the fable of the Mexican fisherman, isn't it? Oh, there uh, we go. I'm sitting back, Nick. Fable me. Oh, haven't you heard this one? Do you want me to read it verbatim or do you just want me to... Um... No, I want your, I want your uh, interpretation of it. Uh, no, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> it'll, it'll be like... Yeah, no. Uh, Mexican fisherman. Uh, so an American investment banker was at the pier um, of a where is it? Come on, there it is. Of a was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican. Oh, these. I don't know why people do these ads on their website and make it all go all over the, and you have to close this. And affiliate revenue, mate. That's why those backlinks and affiliate revenue. It's they not ideal that, for you reading out your fable though, is it? Well, it turns me off from this website. <clears throat> I never want to go back to it. And an American investment, it's like when you're watching a YouTube video and then an ad comes and you're like, I, I, I am never going to buy from this company because like, it's having an adverse effect. Yeah, you just just get paid. I, I'm having issues because I'm sick of the ads and I can't. It won't let me upgrade to the paid account. I'm like, come on, YouTube. Like, I want, <laughs> I want to pay for no ads. Let me. All right. An American investment banker was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village when a small boat with just one fisherman docked. Inside the small boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish and asked how long it took to catch them. 
The Mexican woman replied, and no, I'm not doing accents. Only a little while. The American then asked why he didn't stay out longer than catch more fish. The Mexican said he had enough to support his family's immediate needs. The American then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman said, I sleep late, I fish, I play with my children, take siestas with my wife, Maria, stroll into the village each evening and catch up with friends or I sip wine, play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life. The American scuffed. I am a Harvard MBA and could help you. You should spend more time fishing with the pro- and then with the proceeds buy a bigger boat. With the proceeds from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats. Eventually, you would have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to middlemen, you would sell directly to the processor, eventually open your own cannery. You would control the product, processing and distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City, then LA, and eventually New York City, where you will run your expanding enterprise. The Mexican fisherman asked, but how long will this all take? The American replied, 15 to 20 years. But what then, asked the Mexican? The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions? Then what? The American said, then you would retire, move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take siestas with your wife, stroll to the village in the evenings where you could sit wine and play guitar with your amigos. Very good. Get the moral of the story? I do. I do. Yeah. Very good. Uh, in, the one, in the other one that I've read, he said, well, I'm already doing all that now. Why would I take 10 to 20 years just to do what I'm doing now? So... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, there's no right or wrong. It's just about making those mindful choices and, and sitting with it. And, you know, I, I feel a strong desire to, to get this uh, information into as many hands as possible. And I've spoken to you on many occasions about scaling the business and, and doing all that. But then I just keep coming back to I, uh, I don't want to help others at the at the cost of myself. Um, you know, so, and, and I don't know how to do it. And that's, that's something that's really important that people skip as well. I don't know how to scale a business. I don't know how to, to, to market uh, this product and get, you know, 50 more clients a week through the door. Um, I, I love that it's organic. I love that people just email out of the blue and they've heard this from someone and, you know, yeah, but uh, so it's it's an interesting position to be in. Yeah, well, I don't I have to have to have the answer. No, and I think if you you're you're a very organic man, we've discussed this many times. But I think if 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 things uh, grew unorganically, then it would be out of alignment with who you are as a human being, and that would... maybe that's what I need too. Though maybe I'm too organic. Maybe uh, I'm out of balance in that area. Can I spray you with some GMO? sprays and pesticides yes thank you monsanto go for it <laughs> hit me with your best roundup I'll just rock uh, in a hazmat suit and just spray you but that could be you know that could be um disguised as a limiting belief that could be yeah. anxiety that could be me trying to protect myself from flourishing and from growing and uh because or, or getting too uncomfortable maybe like you said the 200 million made you uncomfortable and like, I don't want that. 
Well, what if there's a similar little feeling and belief going around that if MindFit was four times as big, that's the same thing. I'm a, I'm a simple man. Yeah, simple too. needs. I uh, I was reading this article. I pick, we, <laughs> Em and I went to go away for the weekend. Uh, we wanted to go exploring the gorges and whatnot. And it, um, we had to go to Gladstone to pick up Em's dad from the airport. And so I dropped off his motorbike to him. I rode that up there. And then we had to go to the mechanic just to get something checked out on Em's car. And it turns out the suspension needs some work. So we, we couldn't go a couple of hours away to the gorges and, oh, nice. and everything. Well, you know, when life ends your lemons, you've got to make margaritas. So we're sitting did at the cafe. Did you get your Gatorade the next day? I did get my Gatorade. So <laughs> we're sitting there. And I said, honey, there's an op shop there. Here's 20 bucks. We've got 20 bucks each. Go and buy an op shop outfit and we're going day drinking. Um, this was on a Friday. And <laughs> then we're just going to get a hotel in Gladstone uh, for the weekend and get room service and go to gold class cinemas. And it's just, you know, it's going to be a very different weekend, but let's just wing it. And we did that and it was awesome. Why am I telling that story? Why are you telling that story? I know. I was going somewhere with it. Was it just because oh, the right. plans changed? You got a magazine. So I got this magazine. So I went to the news agents and got this magazine. And it's the Mind, Body, Spirit magazine. Right. Uh, and we're just sitting by the pool reading it. And uh, have you come across Neil Donald Walsh's work? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Conversations with God. That's his book. Yeah. Yeah, so he wrote this article called the, the God Dilemma in here, and yeah. he's written he's written forty books. Eight of them are in New York Times bestsellers. And well, a he, great he, article. Um, sorry, Cody. Yeah, but he I've read that book uh, a few years ago, and yeah, I get I get a bit you know like a lot of people. It's like he's saying, no, I didn't write the book. You know, it's come through me and God. And but I read uh, it, and it's actually great. <laughs> like it's it's such great wisdom that book. I, I do recommend it. Well, he talks about God, but it's uh, it's like not a, as in a religious deity. It's in a higher power, and he's he, he's just looking at the way humanity's going, and he comes up with this proposal: let's create a new definition of the higher power. Let's define God as pure love, and let's agree that pure love needs, expects, hopes for, and demands absolutely nothing in return for the love that it is and that it gives. And so, is 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 just trying to get us all connected back to love. I think that's that's what's that's, going that's on. That's a noble pursuit. Mr. Walsh. Totally. But the uh, the next article, when oneness leads to goodness, the spiritual source of altruism. Yeah. And um, you know, my understanding of altruism was just, you know, you, you give to the good. And, and this is coming back to what we were talking about before, because charity, charity is a, is a real interesting one. Um, if someone's poor and struggling and you just give them 500 bucks, uh, is that helping them or you know it's the old give a man a fish versus teach a man to fish sort of thing so how do we be altruistic how do we how do we help the world around us how do we help others in a way that genuinely helps them and 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 makes improvements long term instead of just quick fix is giving 500 bucks for them or is it for you am, am i I feel good because I've given you 500 bucks or do we spend a day teaching them how to build something or apply for something or whatever? Yeah. That's the, I guess the shadow side of altruism. It's like, you know, it's, it's, 
making me feel good or if I think I'm doing the right thing then that makes me a good person or makes me accepted which is essentially just trying to overcome some sort of deficiency um yeah I don't know we we recently donated a fair bit of money to Berry Street who I they're a charity we were looking for someone to align with because yeah a lot of charities we've spoken about charities on this podcast before um aren't great with where the money goes and um Berry Street, that they help kids who've been through, you know, trauma, domestic violence, separated from their parents, you know, drug abuse and the the parents and whatnot, and um and we did a drive for them over Christmas to to make sure that kids that absolutely wouldn't normally get any Christmas presents got some, not because the presents are great, but because they feel like they matter um, mm. over Christmas. Um, that being said, I, I, I always give money to like in Frankston, just all the homeless people outside Bayside <laughs> and so on. Because I've kind of not, I was never fully homeless, but, you know, I know what it's like to be, you know, drug addicted. And if people are with me when I do it, they're like, what the fuck are you giving him 50 bucks for? He's just going to go spend it on drugs. I'm like, good, good. When, <laughs> have, yourself, when I was, have yourself a day. When I was in that situation, I'm like, oh, that would just be the best thing ever, you know, if I got money <laughs> for drugs. It's, it's, like, not, it's not about what I think you should do with this. It's about just go and make yourself happy. However, That's that what people go. They, they, they're they like, oh, but how do you know he's not going to use it on drugs? I'm like, well, he can have it on what he wants. Oh, that's just a waste of money. That's like, No, it's not. I think I think I should take him shopping, and I think I have to watch him spend his fifty dollars on buying lettuce and celery and carrots and you know. Is, uh, is this if I was him, if I was the his position, I'd just be like, "Fuck off, mate! Yeah. Just keep your money, you fuck off." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that comes back to where we started. I guess it's like how much, how much challenge is too much you know, for people and we have, we all have to go through it. I find a lot of people these days, there's such a movement towards a lot of these, you know, these big hikes or cold exposure or heat exposure and there's all that, which is, I think, because there's just, we're seeking out challenge. We never had to seek out challenge for the vast majority of our evolution. It was very natural that we were challenged on an absolute daily basis in a big way. Whereas now we're in a very much supported environment. I have no... You know, I, I don't know. It's not like I don't know when I'm going to get food again, you know, or I don't know if I'm going to have shelter again and all that kind of thing. And so we're, we're really overly supported from a cultural point of view. Um, so a lot of people are seeking out challenge. Some people will seek out drama in their life because they just want that challenge going on, then complain about that drama, which is which is quite funny. <laughs> I'm trying to find this thing. I, I saw a reel from a comedian and I wasn't really a fan of, the way he he was, you know, he was a typical. I don't like stereotypes, but typical American yelling at the audience. Ah, that's okay. He's got this very heightened sort of energy about it. Yeah. But he was he was he was yelling at whatever the generation is under our generation, and he's like, it was all about mindfulness. And he's like, I didn't realize I was a guru. He goes because when we grew up you had to we were mindful so much of the time you're sitting on a bus you're watching the condensation drip you're taking a shit you're taking a shit yeah you're doing all these things and there was no there was no streaming service in your pocket there was no uh, you weren't able to just to to distract your mind and get taken out of the present moment so easily and and i was just like wow it's actually very insightful. It was, I was it reading was the really times tables on the back of the door. Did you have that one growing up? Or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I was listening to there's a podcast we've got um when we're in the car i found like a kid's podcast like a learning one it's really cool um called brains on uh podcast and they just do you know these 25 minute episodes on different topics and one of them was on boredom um you know kind of why do we get bored or can boredom be a good thing and they have normally a scientist who's a researcher in the particular area that that episode is on. And this one was saying that boredom has only really been a thing in probably the last 150 to 200 years. And it's like yeah, before, right. before that, like no one classified thing that bored. it'd be like just downtime or times when nothing's happening. And, you know, you're, you're finding something else to do or you do something, have creative solution to what's happening. But only since we've had the more stimulus that we have, the more bored that we feel, which is hilarious. But it's also linked with mental health issues, mental illness, suicide, you know, all of all of those, um, all the data around that is increasing because we're we're becoming more disconnected. We're becoming more bored. We're becoming more switched off. We're, we're yeah, that we're just not helping ourselves at all. And I think that's because there's just there's no purpose in 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 ninety nine point nine percent of the stimulation that we receive. And I think to live a fulfilling life, you have to be living purposefully and have some sort of purpose that you're 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 living. Otherwise, it's all I know when I like scroll Instagram or something, and I'll. You know, unless I get a message from you or I tag you in something with, you know, funnily, funny and golf related. If I scroll for like five minutes, I'm like, there's just like an empty feeling. I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck yeah. is that? It's like, very low, low nutritional calorie. It is. It's just so, it's, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like guilty or shameful or anything. It's just empty. It's void. Yeah. You, you just come into this and you oh, there's, there's nothing in, no goodness in this at all. It's like remember Victor Frankl episode, and then um, a, a man who has no sense of purpose will distract himself with with pleasure, and that's you know. So everyone's going to their phones to get that dopamine hit to 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 get some pleasure because they don't have uh, something to attend to something, to, and that's where many many moons ago it was all about. We got to we got to build a house with our bare hands. We got to pull the tree down we're going to make the tools to then build the house you know, there's there's plenty of shit to keep you hunt. occupied we've got to hunt to make sure that people get fed tonight otherwise we start starving and, and dying and and um yeah it's like uh i've probably said this before on the show but you know that the ancient romans who uh had they had no purpose but they had the the, the elite in rome yeah, had yeah, just yeah. had everything like they there was no restriction on resources and, you know, it starts off with, you know, the best wine and uh, sleeping with a beautiful woman. And then it becomes more wine and more women and more wine. And they ended up, you know. And then these, sleeping with beautiful men. And then sleeping yeah, with Yeah, and then in these weird rituals and- where they would start to harm the people they had sex with. And then they'd mm-hmm. end up in these really odd, like, just, you know, disgusting rituals. Because, like, you can't. The, the continual, and fuck, I know this from, from experience. The continual hitting of the pleasure button. There's, there's no destination. All you are left with is wanting more afterwards, mm. and that just doesn't end. It's a black hole, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, it is black a black hole. hole. A and that's where – so so you could spend an hour on your device and scrolling mindlessly and having a chuckle at this or getting agitated at that or or whatever. Or you could, And that's dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. Or you could spend an hour – building something or fixing something or you know getting your hands dirty with something 
And that'll be a very different experience. That'll be that serotonin. It's it's not it's not the instant gratification. It's that delayed gratification, which we're speaking about this you know, over and over. But it's it's really important to keep coming back to. I think because it's so easy to slip into those old on my phone things. And I had a client the other day, a young girl, uh, doing one of our adolescent programs and. We were talking about her morning routine. She goes, I feel so much better. I'm getting up at five o'clock and going for a walk and you know, doing all this. I'm exercising and I'm meeting the day and reintegrating as we've spoken about mind, body, soul. And, and I'm like, okay, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? She's like, yeah, get on my phone still. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not going to tell you to, to do it or not do it, but we had this conversation around it. And so she said this, she, she said the same thing to you. She goes, I, I know I feel worse for it and then I feel rushed afterwards because I've just wasted, you know, half an hour and then I'm behind for the day and it just has this ripple effect into a whole day. So she set this, this her homework and she set this boundary for herself to um, exercise first and then she's got this sort of half-hour gap between finishing exercising and, and going to school. So she said, that's when I'll jump on my phone to catch up with what people are going on, but I'll do it deliberately. I'll only have 10 minutes on there. And and so you now there's this 13-year-old girl setting these really healthy boundaries for herself. That's incredible. That's and incredible. Oh, That's amazing. Mind that is box. amazing. I, I wanted to ask you. The wiggles at me for a minute with wiggles. those fingers. If you, if you were supreme leader of the Finger whole world, held. Go on. If you were the supreme leader of the whole world. Okay. I'm easily stepping into that role. Please go on. I know. I know. What would you decree? What What's the What's the one sort of standard that you, that you would say, everyone has to do this? What's the one thing that you go, well, every human? Well, but how would you police it? My thing would just be kindness. It's not just about be kind, Kindness. Be kind to other human beings. That's it. All right. Okay. That's the number one. So that's great in theory, but then people go, oh, well, I don't know how to be kind or I'm just a prick or I've got unhealed trauma or I don't have the capacity to be kind. Well, how, so how, then you have to put things in place. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to put things in place. What would you put in place? Um, well, it, it all has to start with uh, the start of life, doesn't it, to have a flow-on effect. Um, mm-hmm. Educating uh, parents even before they conceive about their mental and emotional health. That's right. where it starts. And then in utero, you know, regular mm. appointments and education around that baby's health. Um, mm. It's just on a macro level, everything's so hard to police. You know, it's a classic. I remember this when I was a kid, people would say, you know, you have to go through all these things and do a test to get your license and drive a car, but anyone just can become a, a dad, you know? And then so <laughs> people, uh, people, it's going to sound bad, but people in, low socioeconomic areas um, of places that didn't have as good education and everything, they produce more children. So it's like, but then how do you, but then how do you resolve that problem? Do we come China, have a bloody one child policy? I don't think that's right either. So there's, there's a lot of factors. You're, you're a supreme to. leader. You can do what you like. I can do what I like. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that was the answers, but I just wanted to, to, because I had this thought the other day and I was daydreaming while, mowing the law and I thought oh, if I was supreme leader what would I do <laughs> and and it would be to normalize doing the work 
and, and I think it stemmed from a conversation Emma and I were having, and um, you know, she's coming on board MindFit and doing the. How would you do that? Uh, well, it's like coming to this realization that none of us get through unscathed. All right, so um, imagine it's just accepted that, like going to school, it's like going to MindFit is the same thing. It's 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 a it's a imposed system you know, everyone it's normalized everyone goes to school you have to go to school and no no one no one's born and then just at the age of four signs an agreement so yes i agree to going to school it's just a we're sort of shoved into it so it's i, I just i just normalized doing it because you know with this 13 year old girl i was like shit like it's imagine if everyone just came into this realization uh, and it wasn't seen as therapy or it wasn't seen as um, anything like that, there was no mention of mental health or mental illness or anything. It was just about developing as a human being, really. It's like that, e that EQ, you know, there's so much of a bias as being an IQ and, and learn more, be more, do more, have more, accumulate more. And that's a deficiency. But if, Imagine if, if there was EQ was just a, a standard that everyone uh, had to had to go and develop their EQ. Oh, I, I completely and utterly agree with you. That, I'm talking about the same things as developing that EQ from when children are preconception and through being born. I'm trying to think of like something that could be easy to enforce, like a blanket thing, and I'm like, we would like completely getting rid of social media, AI, all this kind of stuff. Would that make it better? But I think yes. like, it, it would, but it's like you can't. We've, we've, gone, we've gone from no internet to artificial intelligence in 25 years. <laughs> in the grand scheme of the whole fucking universe, 25 in less than a blink of an eye. This mightn't actually be two guys talking to you on the podcast now. We just could be AI generated. We could be. There's a few, there's a few glitches with the Nick one, but the right yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> it's still got its ego intact. That's good. It's um, imagine that. Twenty five years have gone from no internet, no, no phone, no no devices to artificial intelligence. It's too quick. Yeah, I remember we um, I remember when the internet first came out. I think it was like. Year seven, it might have come into the school. We were on computers and there was the internet. And I was just, I, I vividly remember we'd find there'd be some websites you could, we'd be like, oh my God, you can find out about this. And then one of the kids, I remember Maddie, he was on a website and he really liked it because then he was reading, who knows what it was about gaming or something. And I remember I got the same website on my computer because we were used to like Microsoft Word and shit. And I just highlighted the text on the page. And I'm like, I'm going to delete this, Maddie. And I went to delete it. He's like, no, don't fucking delete it. He thought you could just delete shit on the internet. <laughs> uh, we go, uh, go to these chat rooms and, you, you know, enter your... your uh, I remember MSN Messenger was, was the yeah, one. Yeah, was like ICQ, uh, was ICQ was before that, a little flower. Um, but, yeah, since then, look, look how far it's come. It's crazy. I remember being a teenager trying to look up nude pictures of ladies and it'd like it'd try and load and it'd like load one line at a time of the image. <laughs> this like really pixelated image would take that's, like that's 10 a, minutes that's to a load. Really, it's, a, it's a really challenging wank, isn't it? It's, a, it's a, such a great line. Now it's like fucking every kid, every teenager's got HD porn, anything they want to fucking watch in the entire universe in their pocket. 
you can see each hair follicle uh, where on that it's, scrotum. It's, it's, it's too. It's too on the scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only looking at guys' scrotums in porn. Clearly, you really, you really changed. You, you've really changed your palate over the years. Um, <laughs> is that is that because it was too long? There was one line to look at nude women saying, oh, "I'm not looking at women anymore. I'm just gonna just uh, just the scrotums." In, the internet is, is so revealing. It's just revealing our nature, and uh, you know, I don't know the the numbers or anything, but I I imagine so much of the internet. Imagine the internet as a as a as an entity, as a swimming pool or something, so much of the internet would be porn or darkness or or you know that end of the spectrum, yeah. and and that's that's us. We are the internet. That's just a reflection of us. And there's a, there's a lot of impurities. Ooh, so there's, so there's a lot of impurities. impurities. Yeah, no, um, it'd be interesting, like if. It, <laughs> If people could have their browser histories shown on their tombstone, on their oh. tombstone, on their grave, their favorite <laughs> sites, yeah, it's just a screen on the tombstone, just repeatedly going through oh, all their no. favorite sites and all their all their browser history. <laughs> that'd, that'd smarten things up a bit, wouldn't it? it would. You'd think it twice. Would. You'd think twice yeah. about it. Yeah, it is an entity though, isn't it? That's what I think. Now, even like if I see someone commenting and like it might be an individual, I'm just like, oh, that's the internet. That's just the internet. Like the internet breeds, reveals certain parts of us. There's certain people who have certain natures that are louder on the internet and you can kind of just be, oh, that's the internet, you know, not like, oh, I can't believe that person said that. It's like, no, that's just the internet. <laughs> I, had a, I had a conversation with a client about it the other day and I was like, where do you where's that line but you know the standard that we walk past is the standard that we accept right? and there, there's you see these comments or these posts with misinformation or the these people commenting very ignorantly it's just oh i believe this and and do you spend time and energy on on trying to correct things or do you just keep walking past it because on some level you're like it's not going to make a difference. It's just gonna, it's just gonna go on and on and on. So it, it, if we don't correct things, well, yeah, it does. Like you spoke about, you know, engaging in something that might have a detriment on you and your energy. And so for me, if I hear see people talking about something online, even if it's something that I've researched and looked at thoroughly. I won't engage. I'm like, that's not worth my time. If I'm at a dinner party and that same topic comes up and people are going back and forth, I'll 100% engage and share my opinion. So it depends on the context. Well, it comes back to the thing you said ages ago. Is there, is there anything that I can say that will change your mind? Yeah. Uh, and if the answer is no, great. Just don't even bother. Just keep going. But if the answer is yeah. But is that, yeah, it's an interesting one because it's, and then who are we to say what needs correcting? And it, it just gets deeper and deeper. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah, I don't worry about anything on the internet that's that I think I need to contribute or change someone's mind on anymore. No, me neither. I just, I'll just stick their head at a kid, fit down a 
tube that small with balls that big and get my 13... <laughs> 13,000 likes. Nick comment. made a comment on a on a humorous comment on a popular, was it an Instagram reel? Yeah. And he got 13,000 likes on it. He's very happy about it. it it's, I'm not happy about it. It's just, it's hilarious. It's no, still going. happy about it. It's great. What am I happy about? It's, that's what actually, that's the part of the internet that makes me smile. Like sometimes I'll read some comments and I'm like, There's oh, some like people are so funny. Like they're just so funny, and normally it's when they're it's like at the expense of themselves, or um, yeah, I, I love it. I love some of that stuff. But then uh, you get the opposite end of the spectrum as well. So yeah. it's all there. Uh, we are the internet. It's just a mirror. We are the internet. Mm -mm -mm. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, all right, well that's us. I'm gonna go. All right, do you want to pull an angel card for me? Sure. Tell me when to stop shuffling. Archangel Metatron today, please. Now. You can't demand. You can't demand. I'm the ruler of the world. I could do what the fuck I want. Uh, I decree that I get the sorry. correct angel card. You, you that decree I want. the Buddha. You decree the Buddha is now an angel. That's that's what you're decreeing. <laughs> Tell me when to stop scrolling. Now. What does our supreme leader need? Yeah, what do I need? Pure livelihood. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> it's perfect for a supreme leader. Your work is to discover your world and then with all your heart, give yourself to it. Inside each of us, there is a longing to do work that helps others experience greater happiness and joy, work that builds a better world. Consciously choose not to harm others in your work environment and endeavour to find inner joy and job satisfaction in your employment. Know that the love you put into your work will inspire personal growth. Oh, wow. Okay, employee of the month coming up. Can I work on those things on the golf course this afternoon? Would that be a possibility? Um, sure, I okay. guess, yeah. Uh, well, maybe that card was for me. Maybe I need to sit and dwell with my livelihood and where where MindFit's going. And Hmm. Okay. If you do your own limiting beliefs, your own limitations you put on yourself. My 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 aversion to growing bigger and and being not so organic. Yes. You're, yeah. You sit with that, okay? Mm, I will sit right. with that. What did we talk about today? What should I call this episode? Uh, a tough link. Okay. Watching us on a podcast would be a challenging wank. There's no doubt. About <laughs> uh, well, it's about um, optimal stress. Uh, Support and challenge. Yeah, okay, okay, I got it. Challenge. I got it. All right. When to help, when to hinder. Okay, all of the above. All right, thanks everyone for tuning in. We appreciate you all. And we'll see don't you go fuck yourself. Don't, yeah, don't go fuck Ryan. yourself. I apologize for that. We love you. <laughs>